Hello? 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 Yes, this is MCO. Hello? This is MCO. Hello? Hello? This is another MCO and transmission. This is the Vimalakirti Nirdesha Sutra, the advice of the layman Vimalakirti. Chapter 7 Observing Sentient Beings. Then Manju Shri asked Vimalakirti, How does a bodhisattva observe sentient beings? Vimalakirti said, Just as an illusionist sees illusory people, a bodhisattva observes sentient beings like this. As a sage sees the moon on the surface of water, as one sees the image of their own face in a mirror, as a shimmering mirage in the heat, as the echo of a cry, as a cloud in the sky, as foam on water, as the heartwood of a plantain tree, as abiding for only as long as lightning, as a fifth great element, as a sixth aggregate, as a seventh sense, as a thirteenth entrance, as a nineteenth realm. A bodhisattva observes sentient beings like this, as formlessness within the realm of form, as a sprout from charred grain, as a stream-enterer with the view of a self, as a non-returner entering a womb, as the three poisons of an arahat, as the broken prohibition against anger of a bodhisattva who has attained patient tolerance, as the latent afflictions of a Buddha, as a form seen by someone who is blind, as the inhalations and exhalations of someone who has entered the concentration of complete cessation, as the tracks of a bird in the sky, as the children of a barren woman, as the arising affliction of a eunuch, as something seen in a dream by one who is already awake, as a fire without smoke. Bodhisattvas observe sentient beings like this. Manjushri said, If a bodhisattva makes this observation of sentient beings, how do they practice loving-kindness? Vimalakirti said, A bodhisattva who has made this observation thinks, I should explain this kind of dharma to sentient beings. This is true loving-kindness. Practicing the loving-kindness of cessation, for there is nothing born. Practicing the loving-kindness of no heat, for being without affliction. Practicing the loving-kindness of equanimity, for the equanimity of the triple world. Practicing the loving-kindness of non-contention, for being without arising. Practicing the loving-kindness of non-duality, for interior and exterior are not participated in. Practicing the loving-kindness of incorruptibility, for being completely exhausted. Practicing the loving-kindness of stability, for the mind's imperishability. Practicing the loving-kindness of purity, for the nature of all dharmas is pure. Practicing infinite loving-kindness, for being like empty space. Practicing the loving-kindness of an arahat, for having overcome all bondage and defeated all bandits. Practicing the loving-kindness of a bodhisattva for bringing peace to all sentient beings. 
practicing the loving-kindness of a Tathagata for having attained the characteristic of thusness, practicing the Buddha's loving-kindness for the enlightened state of all sentient beings, practicing the loving-kindness of naturally being, for there is no cause to attain, practicing the loving-kindness of awakening, for the equanimity of the single flavor, practicing the loving-kindness of inequity, for cutting off all cravings, practicing the loving-kindness of great compassion, for guiding by way of the great vehicle, practicing the loving-kindness of non-revulsion, for observing emptiness without self, practicing the loving-kindness of the Dharma of giving, for never being stingy or regretful about giving things away, practicing the loving-kindness of keeping the precepts for those who would transgress them, practicing the loving-kindness of patient tolerance for protecting the selves of others, practicing the loving-kindness of virya determination for carrying the burden of sentient beings, practicing the loving-kindness of dhyana meditation for not sensing flavors, practicing the loving-kindness of pranya wisdom for there never being a time of not knowing, practicing the loving-kindness of upaya skillful means for making everything appear, practicing the loving-kindness of not being concealed for the purity of their upright mind, for practicing the loving-kindness of a profound mind, for being without irrelevant practices, practicing the loving-kindness of not being crazed, for not using false conventions, practicing the loving-kindness of peace and joy, for making Buddha's delight. The loving-kindness of a bodhisattva is like this. Manjushri again asked, what is it to be compassionate? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Whatever merit a bodhisattva makes is shared entirely with all sentient beings. Manjushri asked, What is it to be joyful? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Whatever benefit there is, there is joy without regret. Manjushri asked, what is upeksha, relinquishment? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Whatever fortune one is blessed with, it is without any expectation. Manjushri again asked, There is fear in samsara, birth and death. Upon what should the bodhisattva rely? Vimalakirti said, A bodhisattva within the fear of birth and death should rely upon the power of the merit of the Tathagata. Manjushri again asked, How should a bodhisattva who wants to rely upon the power of the merit of the Tathagata abide? Vimalakirti replied, saying, A bodhisattva who wants to rely on the power of the merit of the Tathagata should abide in liberating all sentient beings. Manjushri again asked, Wanting to liberate all sentient beings, what should be eliminated? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Wanting to save sentient beings, eliminate their afflictions. Manjushri again asked, Wanting to eliminate afflictions, what should be practiced? Vimalakirti replied, saying, 
right mindfulness should be practiced. Manjushri again asked, How does one practice right mindfulness? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Not arising and not ceasing should be practiced. Manjushri again asked, What dharma does not arise? What dharma does not cease? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Non-virtue does not arise. The virtuous dharma does not cease. Manjushri again asked, What is the origin of virtue and non-virtue? Vimalakirti replied, saying, The body is the origin. Manjushri again asked, What is the origin of the body? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Craving is the origin. Manjushri again asked, What is the origin of craving? Vimalakirti replied, saying, False discriminations are the origin. Manjushri again asked, What is the origin of false discriminations? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Inverted perception is the origin. Manjushri again asked, What is the origin of inverted perception? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Not abiding is the origin. Manjushri again asked, What is the origin of not abiding? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Not abiding has no origin. Manjushri, all dharmas are established upon the origin of not abiding. At that time, there was a goddess in Vimalakirti's room. Seeing all the great people explaining the dharma, she made a bodily appearance and then showered all the bodhisattvas and great disciples with heavenly flowers. The flowers, falling on all the bodhisattvas, fell off. When they fell on the great disciples, they became attached and did not fall off. Each of the disciples tried to use their spiritual powers to remove the flowers, but they were unable to remove them. Then the goddess asked Shariputra, Why remove the flowers? Shariputra replied, saying, These flowers are not in accord with the Dharma. This is the reason to remove them. The goddess said, Do not say that these flowers are not in accord with the Dharma. For what reason? These flowers are undifferentiated. It is only the venerable himself that gives rise to differentiated perception. If one has left their home for the Buddha Dharma, having such differentiation is not in accord with the Dharma. Observe all the bodhisattvas to whom the flowers are not attached. It is because they have cut off all differentiated perceptions. It's just like when someone is afraid, the inhuman are able to control them. Like this, because the disciples fear birth and death, visible forms, sounds, sense, flavors, and bodily sensations are able to control them. Each of the five desires is unable to affect one who has transcended fear. These flowers will remain attached to your body only as long as habitual entanglements have not been exhausted. 
the flowers do not become attached to those whose habitual entanglements have been exhausted. Shariputra said, For how long has the goddess been abiding in this room? She replied, saying, I have been abiding in this room for as long as the elder has been liberated. Shariputra replied, Abiding this long? The goddess asked, How long has the elder been liberated? Shariputra was silent and did not reply. The goddess asked, What is the elder's great wisdom that he is silent? Shariputra replied, saying, There is nothing to be said about liberation. For this reason, I did not know how to reply to this. The goddess said, Words and speech, writing and letters, these are all characteristics of liberation. How is it so? Liberation is not interior or exterior, nor somewhere between the two. Writing and letters are also neither interior nor exterior, nor somewhere between the two. For this reason, Shariputra, liberation does not transcend writing and letters. How is it so? Each and every dharma are the characteristic of liberation. Shariputra said, But isn't liberation the transcending of attraction, anger, and ignorance? The goddess said, The Buddha only teaches that liberation is the transcending of attraction, anger, and ignorance for people with excessive arrogance. If someone is without excessive amounts of arrogance, the Buddha teaches that the very nature of attraction, anger, and ignorance is liberation. Shariputra said, Excellent, excellent goddess! What is it that you have attained? By what realization that you are so eloquent as this? The goddess said, I am without attainment and without realization. For that reason, I am as eloquent as this. How is it so? If I was one having attained, having realized, then I would be being excessively arrogant towards the Buddha Dharma. Shariputra asked the goddess, Of the three vehicles, which have you resolved to seek? The goddess said, Because I use the Dharma of Shravakas to convert sentient beings, I am for the Shravaka. Because I use the Dharma of Dependent Origination to convert sentient beings, I am for the Pratekya Buddha. As I use the Dharma of Great Compassion, I am for the Great Vehicle. Shariputra, like someone who enters a forest of Champaka, they will only be able to smell Champaka. They will not smell other scents. Like this, if someone enters this room, they will only hear of the scent of the merit of the Buddha. They will not delight in hearing about the scents of the merit of Shravakas and Pratekya Buddhas. Shariputra, those Indras, Brahmas, four heavenly kings, all the Devas, Nagas, and other spirits who have entered this room to hear this superior person explain the correct Dharma, they all delight in the scent of the merit of the Buddha and generate a mind set upon bringing it about. Shariputra, I have been abiding in this room for twelve years. 
From the outset, I have not heard Shravaka or Pratekya Buddha Dharma explained. I have only heard about the Bodhisattva's great kindness and great compassion, and all the inconceivable dharmas of the Buddha. Shariputra, this room constantly manifests eight unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter dharmas. What are these eight? This room is always illuminated by a golden light that doesn't change, day or night, an illumination not of the sun or moon. This is the first unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter dharma. Those who enter this room are not afflicted by defilements. This is the second unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter dharma. This room always has Indras, Brahmas, the four heavenly kings and bodhisattvas from their respective regions who come together uninterruptedly. This is the third unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter dharma. In this room, the irreversible dharma of the six paramitas is constantly explained. This is the fourth, unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter dharma. This room constantly makes the foremost delightful music of heavenly beings which transforms into the immeasurable sound of the dharma. This is the fifth, unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter dharma. This room has four great treasuries, filled with masses of jewels that are given to the poor and used to help those in need without ever becoming depleted. This is the sixth unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter dharma. In this room, when this superior person is mindful of Shakyamuni Buddha, Amitabha Buddha, Akshobhya Buddha, Ratnashri Buddha, Ratnachis Buddha, Ratnachandra Buddha, Ratnavyuha Buddha, Sadurjaya Buddha, Simhakirti Buddha, and Sarvartha Siddha Buddha. All the immeasurable Buddhas of the ten directions such as these all come at once and broadly expound the secrets and essentials of the Dharma treasury, and when they have finished explaining, they leave and return to their respective directions. This is the seventh, unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter Dharma. In this room, appear all the decorated palaces of the heavens and all the pure lands of Buddhas. This is the eighth, unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter dharma. Shariputra, this room constantly manifests these eight unheard-of-before, hard-to-encounter dharmas. Who could see these inconceivable things and still take delight in hearing about Shravaka dharma? Shariputra asked, Why do you not change your female body? The goddess replied, For twelve years now I have been seeking the characteristics of being a female, and I have not found them yet. What is there to change? It's like an illusory female, created by an illusionist. If someone were to ask, Why do you not change your female body? Would this person be asking a proper question or not? Shariputra replied, No! An illusion has no fixed characteristics. What is there to change? 
the goddess replied, Each and every dharma is also like this, without any fixed characteristic. Why even ask about changing a female body? Then the goddess used her spiritual powers, transforming Shariputra into the goddess and herself into the body of Shariputra, and then asked, Why do you not change your female body? Shariputra, appearing to be as the goddess, replied saying, I don't know how to change, or even how I was transformed into a female body. The goddess said, Shariputra, if you could change this female body, then all females should be able to change as well. As Shariputra is not female, yet appears in a female body, each female is also like this. Though appearing in female bodies, they are not female. For this reason, the Buddha says all dharmas are neither male nor female. Then the goddess withdrew her spiritual power, and Shariputra returned to his original body. The goddess then asked Shariputra, Where are the form and characteristics of the female body now? Shariputra said, The form and characteristics of the female body are non-existent, yet do not not exist. The goddess said, Each and every dharma is also like this, non-existent, yet not not existing. Non-existence, yet not not existing, is what the Buddha has explained. Shariputra asked the goddess, When you pass away from here, where will you be reborn? The goddess said, As Buddhas are born by transformation, I will be reborn like that. Shariputra replied, The birth of Buddhas by transformation is not a passing away and not a being reborn. The goddess said, Sentient beings are as well, without passing away or being reborn. Shariputra asked the goddess, How long will it be until you attain Anuttara Samyak Sambuddhi? The goddess said, I will have accomplished Anuttara Samyak Sambuddhi when Shariputra returns to being a layperson. Shariputra said, for me to be a lay person, why, this could not take place. The goddess said, My attaining of Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi, this could also not take place. How is it so? Awakening is without a place of abiding. For this reason, there is no one to attain it. Shariputra said, All the Buddhas who are now attaining have attained or will attain Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi, like the sands of the Ganges River. What about all of them? The goddess said, It is entirely through conventional words and numbers that it is said that there is a triple world. It is not to say that awakening goes, comes, or is. The goddess also said, Shariputra, have you attained the way of arahatship? Shariputra replied, Since there is nothing to attain, it is attained.
the goddess said, All Buddhas and Bodhisattvas are also like this. Since there is nothing to attain, it is attained. At this time, Vimalakirti said to Shariputra, This goddess has already made offerings to 92 million Buddhas and can roam about in the spiritual penetrations of the Bodhisattva, her vows completed, having attained the patient tolerance of the birthlessness of all dharmas. Because of her original vow, she appears at will in accord with the mind in order to teach and transform sentient beings.